What's up, everyone? This is Goldilocks, former TNA backstage interviewer, manager, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line podcast. Thanks for being here. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 111 of the TNA Cross Line podcast. I am Bob Collin Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, just two days ago, we had a weekly pay-per-view, which had quite a bit going on. And if I am remembering correctly, we both enjoyed the show, which featured a ladder match, once again, shocking but amw won the ladder match to not only win their jackets back but they are also now the number one contender and that means that on our next episode the next weekly pay-per-view we're gonna get for the first time ever a six sides of steel cage match it's pretty fucking awesome which before i even said that sentence i kind of forgot that that was a thing for next week well, it's also kind of funny because I knew we were having a cage match, but I was like, wait a second. They can't do a square. It's right. a six sides, baby. That's right. Uh, uh, well, it's yeah. also, it's it's hilarious because we, as we just mentioned off air, we were like, you know, yeah, we, like last show was good. What happened? We literally watched it four days ago. <laughs> um, and in between... We always break the fourth wall here. It doesn't matter. In between, we just saw Double or Nothing in, in the first Dynamite in um, California, uh, which were two major shows. So it fucking is all. This week is a blur. Then the Monday off um, for the holiday. Um, my whole week is really screwed up. A lot of things have been going on this week uh, in my personal life and I guess uh, in our podcast life, Bob. Uh, by, by this point of the TNA Crossline podcast, uh, I think Eichelpod is uh, on a hiatus, realistically. Um, uh, I mean, it's certainly not. That is active. Every, yeah, not posted every Monday anymore. Yeah, I'll say hiatus because we, we talked about having a a, a little breather before we kind of did our, our, our right. essentially a, a hard restart. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a lot. Jump and oh, ship, folks. Jump and ship, guys. Um, so a lot's going on. It's been a week. Um, and it's been a week here in TNA. Uh, now, before we get too far, uh, also, let's break the fourth wall a little bit more here, because we all, we do it every single week. Um, this is actually, as of this recording, is our very first week of dropping two episodes. As you guys know, we're trying to get ahead, um, mostly because these double doubling up like this has um, been quite intense on our recording schedule um, to get two episodes a week for you guys. Uh, but this was our first week, and Bob, I don't know if you noticed, but we were kind of making some waves on on Twitter when I we broke the news that every Thursday we're dropping a weekly pay per view, and every Saturday we're dropping an Impact episode. Um, we were getting quite the reaction to that post, which is usually really? our posts. Um, uh, I always appreciate the reactions we get, but I feel like uh, it got more response, and it was all very positive. And I, I specifically. 
want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Total Nonstop Impact podcast who gave us a great shout out and um, sent some of their fans kind of over to give us a listen because they used to do throwback episodes as well. They've, they're actually um, a little bit uh, before us. So they uh, have finished the Asylum run and essentially we're like, hey, if you're missing that nostalgia, go ahead and listen to the TNA Crestline podcast. Do they no longer do nostalgia ones? Um, I I thought they were doing some impact shows, like just regular, uh, like the impact zone. Not they do current day a lot. I think their main focus is their like main thing day. is current. I know that, yeah. Um, so I don't know how often they are doing their throwbacks, but um, that was it was uh, <laughs> very much appreciated. And we've talked to those guys uh, in the DMs before, and uh, they seem like great guys. So. Um, uh, so that so here's the thing if they're no longer doing because I don't know I don't I don't know I know I've I've listened to uh, their episodes to kind of see like am I insane for liking this and see if they you know I tend to do that to, to see how other people react to stuff but right um, if they no longer are doing impacts from 04 um, did they maybe kind of reach an icopod moment where they're like, why are we doing this? And now I'm scared. Mm. Because I'll, I have not watched impacts from 04 and 05. Uh, since like the time it aired. Wow. Um, so you're thinking kind of once we get there, then we're kind of, we're going to be feeling like yeah, we, we did it. We did it all. Uh, no, not that we did it all, but I'm saying, did they reach a moment where it was like, these shows are not mm. progressing? I doubt, I truly doubt that that's what the case right. is. Maybe no, they were I just don't... like, we got through the asylum years and like. Well, yeah, so it does, it. what it appears like to me, and because um, I'm on their their YouTube channel, which, hey, we have a YouTube channel too as well. Uh, you guys can subscribe to it. Uh, we're not extremely active on it, but we post episodes there. Maybe there'll be bonus episodes up. You never know, like figure openings. I don't know. Um, but uh, they, uh, as of this recording, two weeks ago was their final. Uh, they did a, I, th- I think they do kind of watch alongs or like reviews. I, I haven't listened in a while. Um, but they did the last pay-per-view and I believe the impact that kind of coincides with that. And usually they would do their throwback, like a throwback Thursday show. Right. Um, but it does not appear that there has been one since then. So they might have um, capped off on their throwback series in that regard. So I don't know if it's necessarily that they were like, you know, done because I think they kind of finished off their series that they were going with. Um, Which I, I think that if you're going to cap it off. No, perfect. Yeah. Cap it off your asylum years. I mean, that's probably maybe when a lot of people stop watching it because the the product i think has noticeably changed quite a bit right and i and i I, see people jumping off of it and realistically i mean you unless we start hating each other before this point or something happened you know maybe life happens we're not feeling it whatever i think you and i have talked uh vaguely about a hard stopping point for us if i think it's a very clear and obvious time when tna is no longer TNA or impact is no longer impact like the core of what it the was core was. changes and i don't know do they bring back a four-sided ring brother brother 
Um, so I think there is definitely, <clears throat> if we if we continue on this path. So here, here, how about this? We anybody, if you haven't listened to Icopod, I don't blame you because the stuff that we were watching sucks. And we and just like TNA here, uh, we do watch along, but we're capping off uh, Icopod at the end of '96. In terms of like posting every Monday, uh, and even really following Ross, well, we're jumping yeah. ship to WCW uh, and watching Nitro starting in '97. But like that stuff won't be posted every Monday. That's more of like, hey, let's watch it and we'll just post it, whatever. So, kind of, I think maybe in a situation where what we're referencing here, uh, and again, it's been over, it's been like over 20 years, um, or almost 20 years. Um, when Hogan and Bischoff arrive, and let's just say January 2010, I know they signed technically at the end of like 09, but arrive on TV. I would have to think for us, for our sanity, because at that point we've been doing this for seven years. If if we were to get that far. Right, which if we do great, but once again, life happens sometimes. Sure. Could I watch Tina every day for seven years? Yeah, you you have, I have, um, but yeah, it, I I mean I kind of agree. It it does truly change the core of I think what the company kind of is that we're percent. watching. A million. And um, however, do I think it could potentially be entertaining? Of course, because it's a fucking mess. Well, that's kind of my next point. So like, let's say we were like, listen, guys, like we wrapped it up, but stay subscribed because like when we're bored one day. We might want to just watch Impact from 2010 and like not have a hard commitment of being like we got to we got to do it because like with Icopod, it kind of got to that point because we were doing double recordings and it was just mainly like we'll fucking just put it out. You know what I mean? So that could maybe be the case down the line for for TNA, but like I said, that's fucking know. five years from now. We have yeah, we have we have quite a bit of time and now. Bob, could you remind me when? Never mind, I just looked it up. <laughs> never mind. I was gonna say when does TNA hit the two-hour mark? And I, we even still got a while before that. Two thousand seven, October seven, I think, right or September. That's, yeah, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So I'd say you guys have at least a solid couple of years left with us because they're almost gonna be too easy to not do. Well, I mean, it's really like an hour. In like 24 minutes. Well, yeah, I mean, and honestly, we've been watching weekly pay-per-view shows that are an hour and 55 minutes. That's actually such a great point, dude. We've gone this long with two-hour shows right off the bat with no commercials. So it's like with the commercials, it's a fucking. That's probably a breeze. It's a really by comparison. Yeah, I didn't really think about it like that, but excellent point. But you know what? Let's not make everyone worry. That's not happening anytime soon. Um, but yeah, like I said, I wanted to give that, that shout out, uh, and I'm hoping everyone is enjoying the two episodes a week because most, I'd say in the past couple, we've been really enjoying both shows. There was a couple rough ones to start pay-per-views specifically once we switched to impact, but the past couple have been pretty good. And if I was a betting man, the next episode is going to be pretty good as well. Well, I think they're, I think they're finally finding a good balance because yeah. I think the first few impacts, like, that was the focus. 
uh, and like your pay-per-views maybe suffered like a little bit. But I think we're at a point now where we're balancing pretty good. So, Right. I think so as well. Um, you know what? Just real quick, too. I Since we're, we're kind of doing some updates and stuff like that, it's kind of old news, but I think it's really cool. So I'm going to just touch on it anyways. Um, we had a uh, Eric Young quote tweeted us. Um, so this is about the World X Cup. Very old right. news. However, if you remember the That's spot. That's like made. Yeah. Um, so w- uh, the spot where uh, Jerry Lynn and uh, Mr. Aguila flung him over the top rope to the floor. He he commented about this. Uh, and he, he noted that him and Jerry Lynn put the whole thing together. And he's still very proud of it today. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still feeling part of that today. Because he fucking lands pretty nasty. But I thought that was really cool. And then actually, yeah, dude, I was just watching it and it just, it looks nasty there too. Um, I'll try to find this other one quick, which I really should have mentioned, uh, like probably like a week or two ago. So it might take me a second, but, uh, Lance Archer or Dallas in our timeline. Also, um, quote tweeted us about, um, it was his first match with, uh, it was him and Kakash versus, I think, Dusty and James Storm the first time they had their encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, once I can find the post, I can give you the exact show. But see, this is how... this is, I should have mentioned it, Bob. You, know, you should have held me to it. Well, I'll keep looking. I don't. We don't need to pause and like sit here in silence about it. But um, essentially what he said, and if I find it, I'll read it word for word. But he, he mentioned how the match... It, you know, is the bunkhouse brawl match. There you go. That's so right. that gives you a better timeline. Um... I found it. I knew I was going to find it. All right. So he says, Dusty was very influential to my early career, was a big supporter of mine in TNA, was the most integral part of me getting my job in the E, helped me in so many ways. So this match is very special to me in my career. And then I texted Bob on the side and I said, I really hope he didn't listen to that episode because that bunkhouse brawl match was not very good. Correct, but it's important to know that it can still yes. mean a lot to somebody. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I thought that was re- that was really cool. I, I, that's one of the things we. I feel like it's kind of been a while since we got something real, like juicy, like that. We've heard the things like um, I think we mentioned it on air, where um, Simon Diamond mentioned like, oh, like I forgot to bring extra pants when they were dumping yeah. syrup and shit on me, and so like some things like that are just awesome. And I feel like we haven't. It, it hasn't been. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've been hearing some of this stuff. And, of course, with the, the tape delay, it's such old news. But I still think it's really cool to to note. Uh, and finally, I'd like to give a, a shout-out to our newest follower, the big KID. That's right. Kid Cash. That's right. Joining the TNA alum that follows the TNA across the line. I doubt Kid Twitter. Cash listens. But, but, Mr. Cash, if you're listening. But if you're listening. Send us a DM and be like, I'm listening. I'm listening. And I will be in my best behavior. Absolutely. Although I shouldn't be worried because we both love him. We literally do really like Kid Cash a lot. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Kid Cash is following us along with many other TNA alums over on Twitter. And I hope you guys are following us as well. We're at Cross the Line TNA. And you can find us on Facebook at TNA Cross the Line Pod. And if you want to buy a t-shirt and support us, it's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cross the Line TNA. And you can find all those links in the description of this episode as well. And on that note, Bob. Are you ready to dive in to some notes, some news before this episode from of Impact from July 16th, 2004? 
Dallas, as uh, AJ Styles would say, I'm ready to fly. That's right. Now, before we get really far in, we should probably mention the matches that just happened, um, since we're going to be talking a little bit about those um, on the last pay-per-view, which was two days ago. That's right. We just dropped that episode on Thursday. You guys are listening on Saturday or after. It doesn't matter. We dropped it two days ago. Uh, And that was on July 14th, 2004, and uh, these matches uh, took place. Uh, Michael Shane defeated AJ Styles. Uh, That was by forfeit. Which is important to know. It's not like documented as a forfeit. You would think it is not. Um, And we'll we'll dive into how that happened momentarily. So we won't stay too long on that. Uh, We saw Abyss and Alex Shelley defeat the team of Sabu and Sanjay Dutt. The team of Chris Sabin, Amazing Red, and Triple X defeated Team Canada's Bobby Roode, Eric Young, Johnny Devine, and Petey Williams in an eight man tag match. Of course, Scott Demore was there. You guys know that, though. Uh, we saw a guitar on a pulled 10-man tag team match. I still like can't wrap my head around this being a thing. Uh, Three Life Crews, BG James, Conan, and Ron Killings teaming up with Dusty Rhodes and Larry Zabisco. <laughs> so crazy. Defeated the team of... This is also insane. Uh, it was the Elite Guard, Chad Collier, Hernandez, and Onyx. And Jeff Jarrett and Ken Shamrock. You you put that you write that match down on a piece of paper and you show it to someone, they're gonna be like, "What's this from your fucking EWR?" I do. I was just about to say, "Is this fake?" No one believe in that. Yeah. No one. Uh, but it happened. Uh, and after that, we saw Kazarian defeat AJ Styles. I actually, I'm kind of that's kind of blurred in my head a little bit how, how that one that finished, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit unless Bob remembers off the top of his head. But well, uh, Bob's been watching a lot of uh, WCW. Okay, so we'll talk about from, it from uh, 1996. So I'll look it up on Wrestling Recaps. And there we go. Uh, I love how course. Wrestling Recaps is a security threat to my fucking computer. Yeah, you might want to look into that. And then we already mentioned the jackets on a on a ladder match. And of course, America's Most Wanted won those back against the Naturals. So even on paper, dude, that's a pretty good show. Yeah, I mean, we had hopes for it uh, going into it. Right. And, and like, I don't even think, even though the 10-man match like sounds like a fucking mess, which it kind of was, but in like a good way, like there's not a bad match on that show. I don't think. Um... No, I mean, probably not. No, exactly. What am I looking Kazarian and Styles. So, the finish. Uh, so, Styles tried for a Styles Clash, but Shane chop-locked Styles. Along oh, that's Kazarian. right. So, it was not clean. No, but... And I didn't think it was. But I didn't want to make shit up. Okay, so we like that show, Bob. What do you think that the readers of The Observer thought about that show? Uh, it's gotta be a thumbs up. Yeah, and not only is it a thumbs up, Bob, it is 100% thumbs up. No down, really? none in the middle. Now, it's important to know that, um, the, the response was great, of course, 100%, but the volume of votes was down. There's back down. Now, is it down from what we normally see? Not really. I mean, this is pretty average. Um, and I'll just tell you, because Bob's gonna make me. Uh, 27 people voted. However... We've had less numbers than that vote, and I don't know if we've ever had 100% thumbs up in The Observer. Even if it was only, like, six people, I always feel like there's, like, one person that's right. like, nah. Right. So I think this is kind of a big deal. Um, 
And what what do you think was voted on as the best match? Uh, the ladder match. Yeah, it was the ladder match. Now in second place, it was AJ Styles against Michael Shane. And what do you think about the worst match? Uh, guitar on a pole. Nope, it was Abyss and Shelly versus Sabu and Sanjay Dutt. Are you, are you joking? No. That's what it was, my dude. Maybe people didn't want to vote for Ken Shamrock being in the worst match because they don't want to get their ankle broken. Oh, that's a good point. I like that. I wouldn't. Uh, well, uh, the building was full last week, and we had about 1,250 fans, which is a near sellout in the TNA Asylum. Um, although Dave notes, from the early lines, it appeared a higher percentage than normal more than 70% was papered. That's pretty more high. More than 70%. That's a lot. If that, if you know what, at that point, who who is buying tickets to go there? It's got to be the diehards, man. If you want, like, your same seat. I'm telling you, like, that guy in the heel section that Jared always yells at, that dude's buying a seat. And he's getting the same exact seat on every show. Yeah, but like, don't you kind of see now? If I were, if I was going right, and I saw that line of like freebies, right? Because you said there was two separate lines before. Before I don't know, maybe usually, usually there is, yeah. Yeah. So let's say in that line, there's seven hundred people, yeah. and then in the pay line, which is like you can get whatever seat you want, there's like forty people. I'd be looking at my friends, people in that line, and be like, what are we doing? Why are we paying? Now, I understand what you're saying, like, oh, you get, like, floor seats or whatever. But I'd just be like, guys, they're not going to have the floor empty. Well, that's a good point, yeah. They're going to need bodies down there. Well, I think it's also important to note that even if you sit in the bleachers, um, you could bet 100 bucks. That they're going to come into the crowd. Oh, my God, yeah. And you'll win 100 bucks on, um, I don't know, every show. Yeah. So, like, you're still going to have a little bit of... Multiple times. Multiple times they go up in the bleachers. Right. And there's no way a seat in the asylum is bad. There's just no way. And listen, people who have been there, correct us if we're wrong about that. I've never been there. Uh, So, if you were there, tell us if there was a bad seat. But from camera... Well, Alan, Alan was there. Alan he was there every week, it seemed like. So he'll, he would I ha- know. I have a note about Alan we're going to talk about. He had an interview with someone. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. I, rem- I remember when uh, the Vampiro and, like, Raven feud was hot, and they, and they found out, hey, we can hang people off of the balcony. And they're like, we're going to do right. that every week for a month and a half. Yeah, we're just going to hang everyone. Yeah, why not? And, like, New Jack was like, I'm going to jump off that. And it was like, okay, cool. So, like, yeah, they, there's some, yeah. they do things in the crowd where it'd be like, dude, let's just go for free, and then we'll be right in front of it when people are diving off. So at this point, that's what I would be doing. Yeah. Um, well, so diving into some of the matches here, um, as you know, the show is headlined by that double ladder match. Um. Storm was the one who ended up grabbing the bag with the ring outfits, and we're setting up for that six-sided steal. Uh, Dave notes that the match was good, but not as smooth as some of the WWE versions of this match. 
But the guys took every bit of the punishment, including Douglas taking the back backdrop over the top rope, landing back first on a ladder placed between the apron and the guardrail. Storm took a bump off the top rope backwards through a table set up on the floor. And of course, we had that big spot, which was the ladder being out of place, Douglas climbing to the top and having to jump off the ladder to grab the bag. And as he jumped, Harris came off the ropes with a spear. Dave says that the spot was awesome, even more because the timing was perfect, and it would have been really easy to mistime that. Uh, and that they had guts since it was the key spot right before the finish. Okay. No. Now, yes, yeah, so I, I'm specifically reading this because we – now, listen, it, it's a cool spot. However, when this dude jumped off the ladder and he turned his body to face Chris Harris, right? it was like – it was cool, but it was almost too obvious. Mm. Um, but, however, I will agree. It was timed very well. I thought it was cool. But it's also, like, silly because, like, you're not going to jump to try to get it. No, no, you're not. So, uh, like – well, also, what is the comment about a smooth ladder match? Well, right, WWE, right. what are you talking about? I feel like a ladder match is like almost impossible to have a, a smooth, smooth match. ladder match. Not quite as smooth. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, that's just insane. And then, yeah, the spear, I mean, he definitely was just right towards him. It's like the move with, uh, I think it's Jake Crist. When he'd go like on the top turnbuckle to like literally the side of the guy jumping off, and he'd hit a cutter in midair, and people were like, "Oh, oh. my god!" It's like, how did the guy not see him? Yeah, no, I know. Right there, talking. I know exactly what which one you're talking, talking about. about. Oh, that is so funny. It's so stupid. Like, yeah, there's don't, some. Listen. Don't insult the intelligence of your fans. Like, yeah, Rich Swan jumping off the top turnbuckle and getting an ace cutter and getting hit with an ace cutter from Jay Chris, who's on the turnbuckle right next to him is a cool visual but it's also like swan what are you doing man he's he's right there well that's the thing i think is kind of funny because i think some people mock um that wrestling is like too choreographed these days and i i disagree with a lot of that but then you mm. see shit well we can talk about it a different time off air about because we can argue all day if you want to but when you see shit like that it's like well yeah duh like I think to a point, it's pretty corny. It's like sometimes it can just be like, guys, really? Well, yeah. I really? say sometimes, yeah. But you could say that for any era. It'd be like, well, why are oh, why are you letting? I mean. Yeah. So, like, maybe like today, like, you know, People uh, who... flips and counters, whatever. But then you look at early 90s, uh, just an example, like early 90s wrestling. It's like, why would you let Hulk Hogan punch you on the forehead 17 straight times? And then literally run into the big blue you know wrestling in general makes no sense because you'd have to think hey i know that uh aj styles when he runs to the ropes and he springboards that he's gonna try for a neck breaker i've been seeing that or a reverse dd i've been seeing that for 15 years maybe i should just like move because like they're looking or like jay lethal's lethal injection that move pisses me off because he that, does a hands yeah. and they're just standing there like Oh, he's gonna hit me with a cutter, of course, because you know, he's been doing that for 10 years. You know what move hate, pisses me off like really bad? The Panama Sunrise. Adam oh, Cole. That's off the middle rope, right? He yeah, but there's no good way to set that move up besides. Because no if you kick him in the midsection, all right, he's hunched over. It's gonna take you 
a minute to get on the middle rope and like get adjusted. Well, and half then, like, the time, half the time they're on the ground and he gets up there and then they just stand up bent over. Like, dude, yeah, I know it makes no sense. That's one that really bugs me. And like, I don't, I don't know. We could go, we could talk about this shit all night, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I you think, know, I'm sure there'll be moments on today's show where we're like, why is he just looking well, at Yeah. Me? But I think, so it's, it's funny that we're, we're kind of saying this and, you know, wrestling is like very much like suspend your disbelief, even if oh, you know I, it's bullshit. But like, that's I was thinking about this the other night watching wrestling. And it's like, why do people bitch about the, the choreograph stuff? But it's like, you're point. supposed to, you're supposed to spend your disbelief. It's, it's and the like, whole fucking point. It's more acrobatic these days, but like, so what? I don't know. Whatever. When you're going, uh, if, in 2022, if you're watching a wrestling show, professional wrestling show, and you go into it trying to rationalize anything that is going on, or you're trying to compare it to anything in real life, you need to turn the channel. Yeah, you can't. It just don't do it. And I mean, AEW, WWE, Impact, MLW, whatever. Literally any of it. Any of it. Just don't even try because it makes no sense. You're going to hurt yourself more by trying to do that than you're just If dealing. you, like, so, like, I love WWF 92, right? If I were to turn on that show when I was an adult in 92, and I'd be like, there's a voodoo guy. How the fuck is that? <laughs> then, like, turn the channel. Because, obviously, it's not real. It is not intended to be like, this is what... This is normal that there is a freaking guy with a sword trying to stab a dead man in the middle of the ring. Like, that's totally how it's supposed to be. No. Go watch UFC if you want to watch that. And half of that is turning into professional wrestling anyway with all their storylines and beefs and whatever else. Fucking promos and shit. (laughs) Literally. Dude, it's nuts. Yeah, it's so Um, entrances, like the music and everything. Yeah, dude, let's go. Yeah, right. (laughs) Come on. Anyway. Real in the back. Good shit. Um, so after that whole ladder match and stuff, and I think we kind of knew this kind of going into last week's show, is that they are setting up for Triple X to be the next foes after the Naturals in America's Most Wanted program is over. So Triple X is going to be set up for the next, essentially the next contenders in line. Uh, okay, who would you rather them square off with, uh, AMW or the Naturals? So... I'm going to say AMW because we, like, know they got a little bit of a history and they have had, like, some really good matches. So I think – and I think that since their comeback, I think this is important. Since Triple X have come back together, they've been, like, really killing it. I agree. They were They were good before, but they've really been killing it. Like, Daniels and Skipper – listen, Loki's great and all. Daniels and Skipper killing it as a tag team. Yeah. And I think it's all – I mean, and it's also been, like, a year – since there's been really any physical interaction between Triple X and AMW, so it's right. not a burnt out matchup. Right exactly, now. and I think that's why I want that more, and I think that has more interest than the Naturals. And listen, I like the Naturals too. Right. So I wouldn't complain either way. But um, okay. Next up here, uh, Dave says here in a scary moment on the show, since they think now, I he doesn't say the name. It's this is about Jeff Hardy. So he doesn't say that, but it's about Jeff Hardy. Scary moment on the show. Since they think because of the excellent reaction he got as an unannounced surprise that the company wants to build him as one of the biggest stars. When Dusty Rhodes brought up his name that he was coming in next week. So remember, Jeff Hardy's going to be there next week, live in the asylum. I think I fucking forgot that. Yeah. Uh, well, there was no fan reaction when Dusty said it in the promo. 
Uh, and Rhodes thought that the crowd didn't hear it, so he said it again. But again, there was no reaction. So Now, mind you, I think it's important to know, I believe that was during a backstage um, yeah. interview, too. So that's probably part of it. Yeah, and but, he had his little folder with him. Yes, with the gigantic letters, Jeff Hardy on the folder. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it started off small. Yeah, dude, it was wicked small. And it's and just gradually next, gotten bigger. Dude, it really has every week. It's so I hope You know what they should do, like, next week? It shouldn't even be, a, like, a folder. It should just have, like, Jeff Hardy, like, a piece of paper that has Jeff Hardy on it, and you have to open that. Like, yeah. it's just spelled out, Jeff Hardy. Like, the entire it's, thing is Jeff Hardy. It's like a poster board folded yeah. up. And yeah, yeah. Fold it. This is Jeff Hardy's folder. Do you think, I'm thinking, um, I doubt this is maybe case here but do you think maybe they were quiet because they don't believe that he'll be there or like they'll, he'll sign oh that's a really good fucking guess man you know yeah like i if, actually if, probably do if um i'm trying to think of a, com- a comparison to like today but well, you, can, you can look at tma dude they keep doing that they keep promising people and they don't show i mean well and that's a good point uh, hogan you know like, oh, i mean hogan's, hogan's the big one hogan's the big one yeah. um they've Certainly teased Randy Savage without fully coming out and being like, he's coming. Yeah. And there's rumors. Uh, so that's a little different. But the difference, I think, here is Jeff Hardy did show up. So I do think that people should at least believe that there's a chance he could come back. But I think that is a good point that it's kind of gone on so long now since he has that maybe they're just, I mean, we're almost at a full month without seeing him again. Were they not impressed with his showing against AJ? Like, ah, oh, fuck. He's could've, not the Jeff Hardy of WWE. Like, could have been that, too. Could have been but that. He was also, like, ring like, ring rust. He hadn't wrestled in. Right. At least not a lot in a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, I think all of that's possible, honestly. I think when he comes out next week, he'll get, he'll get a reaction. Absolutely. So do I. Uh, the other major story was uh, AJ Styles wrestling those singles matches against both Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian. Now, the opener with Shane, which Dave says that he felt like was the best match on the show, ended with Styles doing a running flip dive and caught his knee on the guardrail. Now, he did an excellent job of selling to the point where Mean Mob said, is this what was supposed to happen? Because everyone was out there and, like, it was just it was kind of chaotic. Well, um, and the replay did show his knee cracking the rail perfectly. Um Made and so it made it so believable, even though it was actually a pre-planned work. That's crazy. That they went to AJ Styles and like, hey man, we need you to do a flip and we need you to whack your knee real good on the guard railing. Yeah, right. What a ridiculous. That's just a ridiculous ask to me. Well, I'm wondering if it's almost like he was just supposed to do a crazy dive and like act like he tweaked his knee or something, and then it actually ended up hitting the guardrail, and then because like how can you truly yeah. plan that that perfectly? Right. It was yeah, very, you're right. That could happen. It was very well done, and uh, so they ended up bringing all those officials out, helping to the back, and that's when Shane got the win by forfeit. Which the forfeit win is what to me said this was somewhat planned in some capacity. Yeah. Because if not, it would have been a no contest. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been if it wasn't planned. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give you the. I'm, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that they were probably like do a dive and like just say act like you tweak your knee. Like, or... Now they, I cannot believe they would be like do whack your knee real good. There's no way. There's there's no, no way. fucking way. No way. Um, Styles was then scheduled to face Kazarian. Now, 
uh, as we noted last week or last episode, I gotta get used to that. Uh, Jerry Lynn came out first. He was going to be replacing Styles. Dude was in ring gear and all, taped up everything. But then Styles came out. Um, and Styles actually didn't do the predictable selling of the knee and even did leapfrog spots and high flying, which sort of made no sense from a traditional wrestling sense. Um, he ended up slipping on the ropes, which which he made look like a missed spot, but wasn't to set up selling his knee. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shane ended up interfering with that super kick. Finally, Styles hit Kazarian in position for the clash. The chop block that Bob noted earlier, Kazarian ended up winning. And this means that both Michael Shane and Kazarian are in line for a title match. But on the July 21st show, they're actually going to be doing a tag match with Styles and Lynn uh, against Shane and Kazarian. Now, hmm. that may or may not be a spoiler. We might just hear that on the show. They might just scroll at the bottom of the impact we're watching, but I figured that might have also been announced, so I figured I'd say it. Also, uh, something really weird happened last week. Uh, we actually ended up seeing the final appearance of D'Lo Brown until, like, was it 2013? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. At least in ring, especially. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't in ring. Um, but as Dave notes, they are doing the weirdest heel turn angle with D'Lo Brown, where he did a promo. <laughs> yeah. I want to see my daughter. Fuck you, but today. <laughs> right. Where he did a promo saying he didn't care about wrestling that much anymore and that all he cared about was his five-month-old daughter and didn't want to talk about wrestling during the interview. Well, no weirder. And then he'll, this is what he goes on to say. So he says, well, it's no weirder than Monty Brown's promos which are what you'd imagine are similar to the tapes sent in by fans imitating their favorite wrestlers in the YJ Stinger contest for a million dollars on Raw. For what? I have no idea. But I'm just saying that because Dave shitting on Monty Brown's promos, but I think if you watch them, they're pretty fucking good. Yeah, they are. Wicked good. What is What does he want from a promo, just like your typical, Bro. uh, I don't, I uh, like you, uh, Jarrett, in your guitar, you're going to lose. I'll, I'll see you at Wednesday night, July 21st, in a cage. Right. The old be there. If I lose, you'll get your money back. You're, I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. my Browns promos may be absolutely out there, but they're so out there that you have to listen to be like, what? It's exactly. like Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior is a horrible promo. But you listen because it's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Now, I, mean, I think Molly Brown's obviously a good one, but you're still like, he's going to do what? That's Sarah a good, that's a good kind of comparison, though. Like, yeah, they're so crazy. You do listen to Warrior, and you're like, that made no sense. Monty's at least make sense, but they're weird. It, yeah, they make sense. Like, he In, eventually makes sense of it. Yeah, it's like, what, right. is, what is going on? Yeah. Um. This might be our last note about matches. I'm almost positive. But we got a couple other things we'll talk about during the show as well as we kind of go through the rest of these notes. Um, when Ken Shamrock uh, has been going after Mike Cheney and Don West as of late, uh, they haven't known it's coming and have had to improvise their reactions. That okay, keeps well, fucking happening. It's like, what, two weeks in a row? I, I feel like after the first time, I'd be on guard. I think they were. <laughs> you saw how fast Don West ran away okay, at the last show. Done. Um, Dave says here that the entire way Shamrock is used is totally stupid. Uh, first off, Shamrock is a successful character in the UFC and probably its biggest draw ever up until this point. Mm -hmm. um, he can do money promos, but when he comes into pro wrestling, 
He gets rid of his successful, believable character and becomes a really bad cartoon character who is out of control and does these fake promos that nobody can believe. The people who would be interested in Shamrock are interested in the Shamrock character that gets over, not the cartoon character. He was in the 10-man tag, and uh, for the perverse question of how he's... Uh, Jesus Christ, the way he writes is awful. Question of how he's do with Dusty Rhodes. I'm assuming how he did with Dusty Rhodes. Um, they actually avoided each other in the match, which is not something I don't think I even noticed. Uh, Rhodes worked almost the entire way with Jarrett, while Shamrock brawled on the other side of the building with Ron Killings. When, Jer- when Rhodes did an in-ring comeback of bionic elbows... To all the heels, Jarrett, Collier, Hernandez, and Onyx uh, fed Rhodes while Shamrock avoided him. <laughs> Just kind of mm-hmm. hilarious. By the finish of the match, saw Shamrock put Rhodes in an ankle lock, allowing Jarrett to get to the guitar on the pole. However, Rhodes, who after all that time was he in the hold, was standing up fine seconds later. He got the guitar, he hit Onyx with it, and he pinned him after an elbow drop. And, of course, this all kind of means nothing in the grand scheme of things, because as we noted, uh, that's Ken Shermock's last appearance to uh, 2019 in Impact. And I'm assuming yeah. that's potential. I, I don't know even another time he shows up, um, but certainly in ring. I don't think he shows up again. No, I think we're done. And he really kind of stops wrestling for a while I think after the, this, too. I think the only time that he might show up on uh, Impact is a commercial for the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious. Uh, I kind of agree. This is Meltzer that said this, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, to be well, side note, yeah. there's barely anything I've noticed in the past few weeks that Alvarez says that's any of any importance. Okay. Uh, I kind of agree with him about Shamrock ditching his UFC persona to be mm-hmm. like the WWF persona. I I can totally like understand where he's coming from. Because he did become a cartoon character in WWF. Like, the lunatic, no, oh, I'm going to put my love in the face. And, like, like how he, the berserk Ken Shamrock. Yeah, like a loose, like a loose cannon or whatever. Um, and just screaming all the time. Or yelling. So It's part of his charm, man. I I mean, I liked Ken Shamrock as a kid, so. He's fun. I, I remember if I would get in fights with, like, people at school. I would scare them by doing like my Ken Shamrock impersonation. Oh my god! Like, and I go like, boom, and then they just be like, "Whoa, dude!" Jesus! If you're gonna hit yourself, I'm just gonna leave. And I'm like, "Yeah, bitch." Uh, okay, so a couple other things here that relate to the show, but not directly what we saw on it necessarily. Um, Antonio Pena was backstage at the show on July 14th. He was actually trying to get TNA to book uh, Juventud Guerrera again, who. Pena is back on good terms with. Mm. He's also trying to get Cybernetico and Latin Lover booked as well. Now, <laughs> the Jarrett's, uh, who still have heat over uh, Jeff not being booked at Triple Mania, have noted that Pena only uses Abyss, and they want a more event-talent trading deal. Uh, so both sides also talk about running joint shows in Los Angeles and San Diego. Pena has a new best friend and local promoter, Burt Prentice. So, kind of some drama going on with our AAA partnership here still. I mean, I feel like Hoovy might not be worth the headache that he was. It's kind of that's kind of why we don't see him. I don't think. That's why I have to think. I would just say no. I mean, I like Hoovy and I think he's good, but like, 
Yeah. I'm not going to ju- I'm not going to lay down for Jerry Lynn. It's like if you're not going to lay down for Jerry Lynn, then like just leave. Right. We have no use for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sad sign of customer relations, the ticket problem in Nashville we discuss was allowed to continue on July 14th. So I believe this is referencing the Burt Prentice, Tony Falk thing. That... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the funny thing is that the rival promoters in Nashville, who are involved in a cat fight over 200 fans on Friday nights, Burt Prentice and Tony Falk both work for TNA. When fans who attend Falk's show on July 14th went to the box office, they were told that all the seats facing the camera, so that their signs would be evident, would not be sold to them. Several fans who have bought tickets for nearly every show since inception have decided that after this, to take the freebies instead. Ah, there you go. See? Look at this. They're shooting Uh, themselves in the foot. They're idiots. Uh, Scott Hudson, who is friends with the fans, uh, the heel section specifically, that were broken up, claimed that he was leaving Prentice's group, where he works as the TV announcer, for Falk's group as some sort of figurehead authority guy over right. it. So he said he, because of this what? drama, Scott Hudson is even saying, I'm done with Prentice. I'm going to work with Falk. Yeah, um, although I there... don't think we realize just how ridiculous <laughs> this is. You have literally TNA... And then you got two guys who run two different promotions having fucking their around own, with TNA. Having their own like WWE versus WCW local feud. Like people are jumping ship to promotions within a promotion that are ran by people that are employees of that promotion. What? What is what, what is going on? <laughs> How is this even possible? Now, it does note that there may be even oh, more to yeah. it than that for as far as Scott Hudson goes, but uh, I can't believe that this drama is still happening and that it's affecting where people are working. Just imagine, like, WWF 95, for instance, right? You got Jerry Jarrett, who's a consultant, for you, and he owns USWA. And right. you got Paul Heyman, ECW. And let's say he was a consultant. They work together for Vince. And then they're like, hey, man. Like, Paul Heyman could be like, hey, man, fuck you. Do not use a new jack. Or like New Jack's like, I'm going to go with Jerry. P- bye, Paul. And then somebody like Jeff Jarrett was like, bye, Dad. I'm going to go work for Paul Heyman now. And then they're working together in like creative meetings. And it's like, right. you're trying to kill the promotion I run. But we're going to team up and work with Vince. Dude, it's crazy. It's like, that's just a headache. <laughs> Why? Just... Give people the tickets and then go home. No, Bob, it's more than that, okay? It's more than that. That The dumbest. I know. Wrestling Uh, is so weird. It's it's so fucking weird, dude. It's so bizarre. Well, some other weird things here. Um, So when Raven wasn't at the show this week as well, uh, at this past show, uh, there started to be a lot of concern about him. Uh, since he makes something around $1,250 per shot. What? And, and every week he's off means $2,500. Oh, $1,250. Uh, $1, I thought you said $12,000. Like, nope, sorry, fuck? sorry. $1,200. No, you, you're, you're good. You said $1,200. Um, so, and so, so, yeah, and every week he's off means $250, or sorry, $2,500. 
that he's not making, plus his indies. Um, they advertised him returning on the pay-per-view, and they even pretended that he was there, doing this cheesy angle where they took a department store mannequin that looked nothing like the Sheik, put a turban on it, and hung him with a rope, and claimed that Raven was hanging the Sheik uh, in effigy. They played a tape of an old Raven interview from a month back, pretending that he was cutting the promo, but you couldn't see him. Uh, I think the real Raven would have shot himself if he was involved in such a cheesy-looking angle. Yeah, no kidding. That's what Dave says. So, yeah, not sure what's going on there with our friend Raven. But uh, I don't think... He did have an injury he was dealing with, didn't he? He did for a while, but I think that he probably should have been back from that. I feel like it was his rib, I I remember, right? Cracked a rib or something? Right. No, it's been weird that he hasn't been on. I mean, has he even made an impact appearance, like, wrestling-wise? No, I don't think so. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, I think I only got, like, a couple more short things, very pretty short things, besides the interview. Um, And the interview I teased with, uh, with Alan whose name I mess up every, the last name I mess up every single time. Woj. Woj. Uh, he had an interview with Zach Gowan. Now you're wondering, we haven't, we haven't heard about Tenacious Z in a while. Well, he brings up TNA in this interview. It's actually kind of interesting. So we talked about the, talked about the story he made up regarding meeting Hogan in the hospital. So I believe this is something that he, I think he kind of, they might have told it. I feel like in WWE, but I don't remember exactly. But. I yeah, because he was like Mister America's. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Well, he made it up. Sympathy card. He yeah. made up the story. Yeah, he made up the story. Now he says, "Quote." Right. Okay. That was an angle that came up in NWA TNA from talking with Mike Tanay before my dark match, and then he says, "Sorry, explosion." Um, Tanay asked me if there were any stories he could tell, and I made it up on the spot. It's <laughs> a good story if it were true. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. He mentioned it, and then it came up everywhere I went. Stephanie McMahon uh, asked me about it, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which I was offered, and I turned down because I knew I was going to be all right. Uh, I wanted to meet Hulk. I wanted to meet Hogan, and that was a shoot. So the WWE ran with it. Uh, he also goes on to say that uh, he initially was going to get a TNA tryout thanks to Puppet the Dwarf. Remember Puppet? Mm-hmm. How could you forget? Uh, but then Puppet quit, and he lost contact with everyone. Uh, he said that he sent a tape of a match he did with uh, Truth Martini, and they ended up calling and asking with two days' notice to come and work. He said, strangely enough, two weeks later, Ron Killing started calling himself the, tr- the Truth and doing many of Martini's mo- mannerisms. Uh, and But this is from Brian Alvarez, and he adds on, coming from Gowan, I find this hard to believe. Because he's basically saying that Ron Killings is ripping off Truth Martini. I I mean, I don't, I don't think I buy that. I don't really either. Uh, this is a, qu- a quick one, and then there's one final note before we can get into this show. Um, apparently, the impact on July 9th did a .22 rating. So it's pretty on par for what we've been hearing, uh, number-wise. Which, by all accounts, is a pretty good number for the time for, slot. For the time slot, where they're at, yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally here, before the dark matches and this episode of Impact, nothing at all new on the proposed Orlando full-time move other than the side that wants to stay in Nashville is picking up steam after less than enthusiastic crowds in Orlando of late. 
while the crowd response in Nashville has only gotten stronger. Um, there has there have been explosion wrestlers told they would start taping the shows on Wednesdays in Orlando, starting in September. But I don't know the decision one way or another has been finalized. So still very up in the air on what's going on. Uh, I mean, a business sense, it probably is logical just to go to Orlando. But if your crowd response, like a genuine crowd response. Yeah, if your crowd response sucks. Yeah, if you want to stay in Nashville, then you got to also think about it. Like, you're paying to be at the fairground. And whatever. And 70% of your audience are getting freebies anyway. What's the difference from going from there to Orlando where 100% are freebies? Right. And you're saving money because you've made a deal with a sound studio. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Okay, a couple dark matches, Bob, and then we can start this episode. I can't wait. Uh, So we saw the Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, defeat the team of Rod and Bruce Steele. Then we saw Chad Collier, Onyx, and Hernandez defeat the team of Jarrell Clark, Mikey Batts, and Antonio Banks. And then finally... Now, Antonio Banks is MVP, right? That actually sounds right. I didn't click. I, I'm not on the... Um, I can go right now and confirm. I wasn't on um, I think Cage Match to confirm that. Yes, it is. But that sounded great as soon as you said it. And I was like, wait a second. He's on to something. Um, and then finally, a match I teased on the last episode when we were discussing D'Lo. This ends up being his final match. Um, and it's AJ Styles teaming up with D'Lo Brown to defeat the team of Petey Williams and Bobby Roode in a dark match. Oh, a dark match. I was going to say, there's no way that was an explosion. No, no. These are all dark matches. These aren't explosion matches. Oh, okay. Yep, this is all dark matches before, at least according to Cage Match and Dave's notes, this is before this episode starts. Oh, right. So this is all at the... Yeah, because we're in this Orlando. Even at the yeah. right. Crazy, crazy. But that is, that's it. That's everything um, I think there is to talk about. I don't even think I got anything quick to mention during the show. We knocked it all out of the park here in the beginning because uh, it was pretty quick this week. All right. Well, uh, if you guys uh, want to join us for this watch long, head over to Impact Plus or get your external hard drive out. Plug it in. Find your TNA folder. Go to 2004. Find it. July 16th. Okay, cool. Drag it over. It's going to take like 13 seconds. Great. Now it's on your thing, right? Okay, cool. Open it up on your VLC media. Don't press play yet. Go back. The runtime is 47 minutes, 13 seconds. I'm going to come down from three. When I say play, that's when you're going to want to hit that play button and join us. So... Let's get into it. Three, two, one, play. The fallout from Wednesday night is Dallas has bread stuffed in his mouth. Gotta love it. I never eat on air. No. That's a lie. I love eating on air. I'm just... My favorite thing. Wait, what was Jeff Hardy's decision? We're not we're not hearing that yet, guys. We don't know. We'll know that Wednesday. They're teasing us that we're gonna see it tonight. No, it's gonna be like uh, who's the champion? And we'll find out an impact and we go on impact. We haven't made a decision yet. Go back on uh, Wednesday. 
Yeah, find out on the paper <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. I can't wait for them to get a better song here. I'm just telling everyone straight up. Our our intro theme is not changing until they have a better song. It's just not. I mean, that song is pretty lame because it doesn't have like an upbeat thing. It's just like mellow. It's just That's all it is. Excited. Bob, you'll be glad to know we are full this week again. Which, actually, I don't think we were last week. But we are at 850 here in the impact zone. Yeah, wasn't last time like 750 or something? I think it was 750, yeah. Look at all that pyro. That's right, the guy on the ground taking pictures of that pyro. Oh, and here we go. Here we go. Hold on. I forgot whose music this is. Because I think a lot of people have used it. Oh, it's like Team Japan's music. Yeah, it sure looks like. Who is it? Is that Nasawa? That is Nasawa. Nasawa and Miyamoto. Steve Blackman. No, it's it's Miyamoto. Oh, Miyamoto. Yes, Jeff Hammond. Can't wait to hear his featurette this week. Bob, yeah. do you think we're finally going to get the reality star challenge? No. Hmm. It hasn't even been mentioned. No, it hasn't. Here we go. Triple X, baby. So, you know how I just told you that I don't have any notes to say? You I lied. lied. I, I didn't realize. Um, it was actually in the Ring of Honor section. And it's oh. basically, it's very, very quick. That there is no finalized deal with TNA, so nothing official regarding Styles and Daniels coming back. Oh, and I'm okay. really only bringing that up because a few weeks ago, we discussed that they were going to be coming back. Right. On a show, and we, we found out they weren't. Um, but yeah, apparently there's nothing official. And I actually think that's actually the only thing I have to say during the show. Look oh, Jeff Hammond's actually on commentary. Was he on commentary before? Only for the main event. Oh, lead analyst. Get out of here. Six points of impact with Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. That's right. I, they did mention that. Oh, shit. Whoa. Miyamoto's spitting red mist already. We're only 20 seconds into this match. Yeah, and Daniels was like, I'm watching you, dude. I ain't falling for that. So if Jeff Jarrett may be talking about Monty Brown, they're saying. I'm starting to feel like we're getting a, we're really getting a slow burn for a Jarrett Brown match. You think that's good? The burn's going to be as good as that Raven build? Um, probably not, because yeah. like, that was pretty good build. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be top. However, I think they could do it. It could come in a close second. I bet you if they do it right. And so far, I'll be honest, I think they're doing it pretty damn good. Because Monty's only mentioning him in promos, and they've only had, like, two face-to-faces backstage. No physical contact or nothing. Right. We're reading our, our uh, results scrolling at the bottom. There's just been a couple, like, arm drags. Now there's some kicks in the corner as Nasawa comes in. Oh, don't worry, guys. Dusty Rhodes. He's here. He's the judge. He's a judge. Weird how in TNA they watch monitors the way that you know you normally would. Right, you're not standing to the side looking at a big screen TV. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, so Jeff Hammond is saying the thing that makes TNA so different is because we have a judge to watch the matches. And of course, Triple X defeated... The tag team champions uh, by decision. By decision. Yeah. I believe it was last impact. 
Yeah, but isn't the judge thing only for impact? Like, it's not on the pay-per-views. Correct. And actually, they're mentioning it right now about that decision. So, like, where's the consistency? I think. Oh, shit, look at it. We have a corner cam. Did you see that? I did. That's the first time we saw that, I think. Is it on only that turnbuckle? I believe it's only on that turnbuckle. Like it's, you can kind of see it. Uh, I wonder if it's like also across the way. Slingshot Slingshot. elbow by Daniels only gets it to you on Nassau. Dude, but Mike Posey's not being his normal self here. He got down very slowly on his knees to do that count. Maybe he's hurt. He has been getting physically involved lately. Shining Wizard by Mm -hmm. Nassau. I actually like this look for Nasawa way better than when he comes out in Juggalo shirts. I uh, yeah, that's a good point. Miyamoto going right after Daniels. Oh wow, look at those arm whips before he like poked him in the gut. <laughs> yeah, that makes it way worse. The pain is just insufferable when a guy waves his arms around. Is he doing like knuckle shots? Like what? I don't know. It what that's looks like to more be. like a chop with the side of his hand, and he's like going oh. down. Oh, you're okay. Yeah, he yeah. It looked like he was kind of doing like knuckles, like yeah, yeah, that would hurt for real. Right. I thought he was doing the chops that way we could ever get that ever devastating nerve hold. Oh. Spinning heel kick by Nasawa, but he's not gonna get him with that. That really hard side kick right there in that six sides of uh, ring. You're so much more worm to do activities. <laughs> Okay, this is how double team on Daniels and he's got in a camel clutch. This is how off the rope basement drop kick. Fucking just said basement drop kick. I know. That's where I learned that from. I would have just called it a drop kick before, but no. Wednesday, Wednesday at the, at the asylum. asylum. Triple X against Team Mexico. Interesting that we're advertising it up at the top that slid down from the top. Basically, what that just told us is they're about to beat Team Japan. Because why Why else would they advertise their match? Yeah, why would you promote that? Yeah. Why would you promote a loser's match? That's the other thing with wrestling is like, they'll do stuff like that. And now as like a child, you don't, you don't know. But like us, we're like, well, duh. <laughs> duh, they're going to win. <laughs> Skipper, spin kicks in this hour. Damn it, dude. I love those spin kicks. The crowd is kind of like not. They're pretty. They're lull right now. They're just yeah, there. They're not really going for anything here. Oh shit! Double. Wow. That wasn't great. It was the buckshot lariat essentially, and unfortunately, it kind of like took him down a little weird. And I don't think that was his fault necessarily. Although he no. should have followed through a little bit more. I think. I think they might have been out of position a little bit. Oh shit. All four men in the ring. Daniels stopped that double team. And, well, he got taken out. Mimoto. Oh, shit. Green missed. And, oh, man. Uh, oh, Skipper matrixed up and when he was out of the way. So, Nasawa got hit with that missed. Step up in Seguri to take out Mimoto. Let's see. Are they about to hit this double team move? I don't know if it has a name yet. I can't remember. The Power Flex. Power. They folded him up like an accordion. Holy shit, yeah, they did, dude. Uh, so, the, I mean, the fit... What the fuck? Pyro for that. Okay. Yeah, dude, come on. Um, I mean, that wasn't, like, exciting or anything, but, like, that was okay. 
That was like a. Uh, I think that was an instance of like we didn't ma- mesh well with um, with Team Japan. But yeah, yeah. Bobby Roode and Petey Williams out here with Scott Demore yelling over at Triple uh, X. But don't worry, Don Harris head of security. He's out here. He's stopping it. I think they're yelling at Skipper, being like, "Hey, man, we looked into you. You're not really Canadian. That WSW stuff is a fraud." And that's why they're. What a heel turn would that be, dude? Him joining Team Canada here in TNA. Here's a video package promoting Raven and uh, Sabu's feud. Okay, this is weird because this is like, this is like too old for me to like care anymore. Like the footage they're showing. The problem is if Raven didn't get injured, we would have had this match already. Oh, probably, yeah. But it's also kind of maybe like a blessing because you continue to build and there's like another, that could be a main focus for another pay-per-view. Yeah, that's good. That's true. I just think they don't know what else to do with the feud. Yeah, they're probably like kind of grasp at straws here. Sabu acknowledging Raymond. What kind of message is Sabu sending to Raven? Who is this? Who the, is that A1? That is. That's A1. Alistair Ralphus. Oh, see, I know the name A1, but his name just popped up and I was like, who in the fuck? That's A well, he would eventually be known as A1. Who is it? Oh, Sabu. This could be bad. <sighs> this could be bad. <laughs> and I was saying this could be bad because the opponent here for Sabu, I don't know if this is gonna mesh very well. Say his name one more time. At what is it? Alistar. Alistar, like Ralph. Ralph's. Okay. But it's A one. Like. It's A one. We're getting fucking baseball scores at the bottom of our screen right now. <laughs> Fuck me. Get out of here with this. Get this off of here. <laughs> Toronto, Texas, five o'clock. Minnesota, Kansas City at five ten Pacific time. So that's good. Now off the top of my head. Well, no, that's not true, actually. I was going to say, this is one of the first, like, main, like truly non-X Division matches I feel like we've seen. But we've seen, like, some Abyss squashes, so I can't really say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually, I feel like we're... we're like, this is really random to me, but I'll go with it. We're going to go with it. we got a half-camel clutch in on uh, Alistair. Sabu has his own name written on his armband, which seems very Yeah, what odd. is that for? Is that to identify the body? Oh, shit. Oh, I thought he was going to use a spike, but I think he was just taking tape off his hand midair. Didn't it look like he was taking the spike out? Um, yeah, I also was thinking it could have been a blade, but there's no way he'd be bleeding on FS1 or FS net. Oh, FS1. good point, yeah. It looked like a little piece of finger tape after he dropped it. It did, it did. I thought he pulled out a spike. July 19th, July 20th, dude. That's the next gut check. Oh, that's a gut check, yeah. Have we ever heard uh, anybody come out with gut check in 2004 or what? Um, No, but I'm sure they'll tell us if we do. Is this an instance where, like, Jerry Lynn is just sitting somewhere and, like, no one ever comes for weeks? (laughs) 
maybe. All right, Triple X is facing Abismo Negro and Mr. Aguila in the top contenders match. Vito versus Irish Pat Kenny in a Sicilian street fight. David Young and the NYC versus Sharkboy D-Ray 3000 and referee Mike Posey. I forgot about that one. That was so getting... DDT moments ago by Shabu. That yeah. looked like uh, A1 might have got hurt there. That looked fun. Sabu getting a chair. This could be dangerous. How's oh, oh a one kicker? How is that not a uh, disqualification? Well, he didn't he swing it at him. He just kicked it into him. Yeah, but he, he technically used the weapon. Just like if I kick a chair into you, you can't really retaliate. I didn't do anything. You hit me with my own chair. No, if I kick it into you, I did not do it. Like you, you did it. You were in the way if I kicked it. All right, Dallas. If I have a gun. Okay, so A1 gets in the ring, gets punched by Sabu. If I have a gun... And we don't I talk have about it, guns, Bob. If I have a gun and I have it pointing towards me, and then you pull the trigger with my own finger, did you shoot me or did I shoot myself? You shot yourself. Here comes Sabu off a chair. Hurricane Rana. I can't fucking win with this guy. Your fingerprints are on it, not mine. Oh, but Alistair <laughs> kicks out. Your fingerprints are on it, but not mine. Wow. Okay. That's oh, the dude, next here we go. mystery episode if I've ever seen one. Triple one, two, three, Moonsault. He actually hit it pretty good there on Alistair. And a three. Uh, Well, anyone might have tried to kick out there. I don't know, folks. <laughs> Is he out of it? Maybe. Uh, that was like a weird match. I mean, it wasn't like was awful, just... but... He's taunting Raven again. Look, Sabu's version of my game, mind games, is doing the Raven taunt. Up next, Baby Bear, Alex Shelley, man. In like a little uh, video here. AMW's rematch was on the line in that double ladder match. Double ladder. With that giant bag, back. And giant we're in bag of clothes. Take it down, James. Now, remember, as I said, he didn't pull the contract down. He only pulled the clothing. It's true. They had to go back. They actually went up and got the contract after. Yeah. The first time in wrestling history, not in just TNA history, a six-sided cage match. Now, now that I say that out loud after he just said it, just, did Mexico or no one ever do a cage match with a six-headed ring? Now I got to know. If what? Like, did AAA or any Mexican promotion with a six-headed ring ever do a cage match? Oh, my God, dude. Are you kidding me? No. I feel like Triple Mania has a fucking barbed wire death match cage match like every year. Oh, here we go, dude. Fil- She's filthy rich. Look at her. How much money did Eric Watts have? <laughs> I know. Why is she coming out on fur all the time? Yeah. And Abyss is in tow. He's he's far behind, but. Crazy. It's so weird because, like, she almost acts as if, like, he's her boyfriend in a way. More of, like, a pet, I guess. But, like, he does not. He barely looks at her. That, and I oh. think that's important to Oh, Roddy Strong. Whoa, dude. Impact debut. Shitty little boots. 
they're not super shitty here, but uh, no, I think that's important to maybe note too. Like, maybe he's just there for the money and the exposure, and like she'll get jilted, and then Abyss is gonna probably hurt Shelly real bad. Right. Wow, dude, Roderick Strong. This is kind of exciting. Oh, he's got normal size boots on. Yeah, dude, they're not shitty yet. Where? I wonder when they go shitty. Might have a couple years. I feel like he couldn't wear the shitty little ones with tights like that. I think that's maybe what's stopping oh, it here. Speaking of his tights, they look kind of shitty. Yeah, they do. So what I find kind of interesting about this match is... we So we've seen Roderick Strong before, like once. Wow, look at this. Yeah. And Shelly, we've only seen a couple times. I mean, this feels like a very fresh match, well, besides the fact that it is, but because they're both young and essentially unknown here in TNA. I mean, we don't really know these guys. Yeah, this is kind of like a Ring of Honor match on TNA television. Which makes you wonder why they're not just, like, working together. Yeah. Shelly had his back turn. Roderick Trunk kicked him in the back, or maybe it was a knee. I couldn't tell. And Shelly flew into the second turnbuckle, face first. Uh, if you guys are following along at home, we are, hold on, three seconds, two, one, 18 minutes into the show. Hmm. They're naming, uh, oh wait, you have to come this week. AMW? Oh, AMW versus Michael Shane and Kazarian is happening tonight as well. Oh, look, and I, look at that. Mike Tanay is going to interview the suspended Kid Cash as well. Sabu and Abyss and no disqualification match. Wow, dude. Uh, the, our next pay-per-view is looking pretty damn good. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that it took them this long to uh, tell us about that main event tonight, AMW against Shane and Kazarian. That seems like a pretty good main event. Yeah. I do think that, you know what, the intro might have said it, Bob, now that I think about it, because they mentioned Kazarian and Michael Shane in the intro of the episode, but we were kind of talking, so I didn't really hear much else besides that. Yeah, maybe I should look into putting a uh, closed caption now. Hmm. That might help. Oh, wait, can I even... I don't know if you can on the versions they're watching. Well, Jeff Hardy at the Asylum Wednesday. Will he accept Dusty's proposal? I don't know. We'll find out. Look, this is like a straight jacket backstabber by Alex Shelley. Driving strong down to the canvas. Uh, this hasn't been too bad. No, it hasn't at all. <laughs> Coley Locks looks so ridiculous. She's got a huge fur hat on. Ducks the clothesline, counters, backbreaker oh. by Roger Strong on the Alex Shelley. Right over his knee. Both back to their I feet. I feel like this is a good showing for Roderick. Yeah. Nice drop kick by Roderick That's Strong, knocking Shelly down. Oh, nice heel kick. So we're picking it up now. Shelly looking for a. Oh. No. Nope. Going like a cross legged suplex, but he counted it. Roderick Strong. Oh, oh. gut buster. Well, fireman's carry. And then. Dropping down both the knees. I kind of feel like I'm enjoying Roderick Strong more than Shelly here. Well, so yeah, this is definitely like Roderick Strong's looking pretty damn good, and Shelly ain't doing a whole lot in this match. 
if this was supposed to be a showcase for Shelly, I think we're not accomplishing. We're missing the mark a little, maybe. Jumping knee from the top rope, knocking Roger Strong off his feet. He's saying it's over. And if it's over after that, oh, right. drives him down. Brain buster. That's a three. Yeah, so I think this might have been misguided. I Coming out of this match, I'd be like, I think Roger Strong's better than Alex Shelley. Sure, Shelley won, but I mean, the backbreakers and gut busters that Roddy was doing, that. Yeah. Look, she's trying to, she's trying to, oh wait, she wants Abyss to pick her up to go to the ring. Which he did. That's the first time he's looked at her in three weeks. (laughs) Don was saying, does she not know it's 95 degrees out? Well, she's wearing all the fur. I really don't know how I feel about this abyss love thing or whatever. Like a jilted boyfriend, but or whatever. Like, you know, he's he's upset. I don't know how I feel about this. Up next, the man who's hunting for a shot at the end of your world championship, the alpha male Monty Brown is next. Is he in action or is he just gonna talk? No, they didn't say actually. We're just getting a little flashback um, from the show where Jarrett and him had a face-to-face backstage. What if it wasn't even like a live Monty Brown? They're just talking about a video package of Monty Brown talking. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, it would. Because why else would, like, what? I don't know. We'll see. But so far, it is kind of looking like that's the case. (laughs) Yeah. I would say they should do this and then do an interview with a peer on Impact. Whose music is this? Oh, hold on, it sounds familiar. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god, who is it? I don't know. But who is that? I've never seen this guy. Who is this? Is that Lex Love that? Oh my god, it, it is! is. Now, I've never oh. seen this guy. However, I we've heard his name many times, I believe. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. Ooh-wah! That's right, baby. Ooh-wah! <gasps> here he comes, baby. The alpha male. Fucking leopard jacket, leopard shorts. He's ready to fucking kick ass and take names here on Impact. Oh, you smell, you smell that? You smell that fear? Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. All right. I am going to give Lex Levette. Um, he's going to last at least 90 seconds. Whoa, I thought you were going to... I didn't think it was going to say two minutes. He'll last 90s. Here we go. We're locking up, but not for long. Monty Brown pushes him off, backs him into a corner, does a shitty punch, and then goes back to some nice kicks. There we go. Back. Put, there we go. Those are better. Those are better. Bro. That first one was... Uh, you know, he didn't get all of it, pal. Dusty Rhodes... Looks like you might have them. Okay, they're just doing results. Sorry, I thought that was another new match. Results from this past uh, pay-per-view. Which, 
I get why they do it, but it's also interesting because if they have replays, if you can just read the results at the bottom of the screen, it's like, oh, okay, I know what happened. Well, I mean, that kind of goes with anything. Like on the WWF shows, they'd be like, check out WrestleMania 11 where Diesel retained the title. And it's like, well, why the hell am I going to do that now? You already told me. You showed me stills of the action. I'm not doing anything. Let's do the stills. Full price? Fuck you, I ain't doing that. Oh, okay. I'll throw. I thought, I thought Lex was going to get pounced after being sent to the ropes. <laughs> no, not just yet. Oh, my God. Look at the sign right in the front row. Nashville fears Orlando as Monty Brown tosses Lex LeVette right over. Well, I mean, that is, that is true because they are, like, stealing the show. I mean, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Pow! Shit, I said 90 seconds. Lex, don't get pinned. Oh, oh. Oh, we're good. Okay, he made it. He made it 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Real fucking close. Hey, dude, I said two minutes, so we're we pretty much were right in between that. <laughs> That's funny. That was good. Damn it, Lex. I thought Lex Lovett looked different. He actually I has, think... like, a decent look to him. I'm just, bring him on. Yeah, I mean, I guess he does, but I thought maybe he just changed his look, but I could have sworn he had, like, a goatee and, like, hair. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. It's rabbit season. Monty Browns. There's no mountains in the Serengeti. There can only be one alpha male. And you are looking at him. Yeah. He's got a tongue ring, too. I don't know if I've noticed that. (laughs) Let's go. Monty Brown versus Jarrett. Let's go. Book it. I don't know how yes. you look at Monty Brown and say, like, he's not money. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure how you. I don't know, bro. Six points to impact up next with Jeff Hammond and Jeff he's Jarrett. He's champion. It's like, yeah, he is. I don't know, dude. It's crazy, isn't it? Here's Jeff Hardy video again. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Jeff Harvey? Jeff Harvey. Okay, my guy, let me. How does it feel to be part of the second anniversary of TNA? And he said nothing, and he walked away. And that's literally the last time we heard from him. <laughs> yeah, why was he, like, mad about that question? Well, because he was mad because there was the interference, and he didn't get to beat AJ Styles for the X Division title. Wait, that was... I don't remember that part. Do you remember that? When Scott Hudson was following Jeff Hardy outside? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember seeing that, I don't think. See you this Wednesday. Jeff Hardy. Do you think he's signed right now? Yes. He has to be, right? He's There's no be. way you're promoting it. Here we go, dude. Oh, Jeff Hammond in the ring. Is he with someone? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. This is the six points of impact. What a better way to start out. With Jeff Jarrett wearing white gloves, he looks like he's a fucking pallbearer at a funeral. He's got to carry the casket with his gloves on so you don't get fingerprints on it. Trust me, I've carried a couple caskets. You wear the gloves, and you have to wear them. I won the first ever King of the Mountain match, and I climbed all the way to the top. You wrestle in the asylum. Why the asylum? I said wrestling over 30 years. 
It's my domain. Oh. Oh, the asylum is the house that Jared built. Okay. Yeah, Jerry. Is is Russo a puppet for Larry oh. Zabisco and Dusty Rhodes or or what? Cares. If you notice, Jeff Jarrett's not staring directly at the camera. Jeff Hammond just did a couple times, and it was wicked funny. Look at, look at. He's still doing it. You're wearing what everybody wants to see. You know, everyone's concerned about. That's the world title. Oh, here we go. Naming off fucking legends. Oh, they all held their 10 pounds of gold here, okay? Colorado Kid held this belt. Jesus. Mike Rapata. It's me, Mickey, from from back in the day. <laughs> it's me, Mick. It's me, Mick. Remember? You can't be letting Raven get to you. Sheep Sixth and final you. point. You gotta do it for sheep. Oh. Jeff Hardy will be in the asylum on paper. Jeff Jerry better say, who did Jeff Hardy ever beat? Oh, he's talking about everyone. He took Sting out. Oh. He said he might take Jeff Hardy out. Oh, so he's saying he took all these other people out of TNA, and he might do it to Jeff Hardy this Wednesday. No, I want I want Jarrett and um, Monty Brown. I don't want Jarrett and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> Ray Mysterio was in the crowd, Excalibur. guys. Excalibur. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's oh, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Excalibur. Pretty cocky. We're in the crowd here. We're at 30 minutes, 30 seconds. Nikki Ash is on the uh, right side, right over Tanae's shoulder. Nikki cries. You want to be a wrestler? Don was no. screaming at the kids in the crowd. You want to be a wrestler? wrestler? Come to the fucking gut check, July 19th. <laughs> Jerry Lynn's been at the warehouse for fucking four weeks and no one showed up. Just fucking go, please, somebody. <laughs> oh, God, just please. <laughs> You're going to be a fucking wrestler. We got four rigs in there. No one's coming in there. <laughs> Six man tag team action. David Young. We already know this. They're going about the matches that we've already discussed because we read the bottom of the screen. That's right. Mike Posey making his in-ring debut. <laughs> Arguably one of the top baby faces in the SL. I can't wait for the Sicilian street fight. Who would want to tune in to watch a Sicilian street fight between Vito and Kenny? That could never be the main drawing point for somebody, could it? No. Yes, Triple X against Team Triple A. Oh, just Team Mexico. We don't say Team Triple A now because we're not really working with them really anymore. It's really hush hush. It's Team Mexico. It's not Team Triple A. Let's get that straight. Hey, there's more. Homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, Sabu. He's going to run the gut check. And basically, you have to take three steel chair shots from Sabu in an Arabian no. face buster. And then you can enter the ring with Jerry Lynn, who then will sit in the corner and stare at you because he's been waiting for four weeks for someone to come. That's right. I'm going to find out the deal with Kid Cass. Wait a minute. Mike did today's they, like, fucking yeah. Did they ever, like, tell you where to go? For what? The gut check. 
I think you have to go online and figure that out. Why don't you tell people on the show? Go to the TNA Guy Chuck if you want to be a wrestler, but we're not going to tell you. You go on there and it's like, why is it at an abandoned CVS? Like, what? <laughs> How is this possible? The windows are boxed up. Steel cage and the six-headed ring. I'm willing to bet they are telling the truth. What? For the first ever six sides of steel? Yeah. Maybe in, like, America. No, they didn't say that. They said wrestling history. I don't think they'd lie about that. I don't... I don't think that... I don't think that's right. Wait a second. Wait, now, what? why Shane goes interviewing Michael <laughs> Shane and Tracy? Because, like, they hated him. Super weird. Super weird. He's had his back to him. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to Kazarian. You got a huge matchup tonight with AMW. We took AJ Styles out. Okay, Shane Douglas has a yellow impact polo. That's fucking awesome. I love it. It's a franchise. He only wears yellow. Yellow and black. It might have his name on the other side right there. Tracy's like weirdly rubbing Michael Shane's like shoulders and his traps. His delts. He's like, damn, you're pretty. Michael Shane is uh, pretty beefy here. Huge match. AMW. Versus uh, Kazarian and Michael Shane, and this is going to be good. I wish he would have made some, like, snide remark to Michael Shane and stuff. Well, I feel like he it was almost in the beginning. He was like, when the way he kind of did his hand, he was like, Michael Shane and Tracy and Kazarian. And, like, he kind of, like, blew them off in the beginning a little. Right. But, like, not enough that as we want it to be. Here comes the team of Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian. I really like this team. Their personalities work very, very well. It's a very good duo, yeah. And, like, I don't know why we didn't think about it before, but, like, as soon as they put them together, it was like, yeah, this is it. This is good. Now they just have to wear matching gear. Yeah, they should do that. Tracy is wearing a dress this week. I'm surprised we're allowed to have a dress with that low cut of a time on Guilty. We find the defendants guilty. <laughs> Wait, they have the ring gear back, but they're not wearing it. Yeah, why don't they have the ring jacket? Do they want it just to say that we have it back? I think it must be. Did just hit a cameraman? I'm not really, I'm not really sure what just happened right there. Well, here we go, man. This is our main event. Guilty. All right, let's get the show. Let's get the match going, okay? There's only so many times I can hum the A&W's theme song. I know. All right, so we're in the ring. The timer has started. We are at 36 minutes, 8 seconds. Not much time left in the show. In case you're wondering, 11 minutes. See, yeah, that's why it pays to be me. And then you have that. Just ready to go. I'm trying to find details about if this was the first six sides of steel. There's no way. I'm going to no probably way. have to do it off air because I just feel Didn't like Didn't he it's... take 
take it from AAA because they had. Well, they had the six-headed ring. First six. That's what I typed in. Excited. Cage match. Wrestling. We got uh, Storm back into the corner by Michael Shane here. Oh, he comes out. Puts Michael Shane in. Chop. I love this. We'll do this. We'll do first. Look. Oh, my God. Okay. I just as, I'm looking up cage matches. Look at AJ Styles watching on crutches with Jerry Lynn in the back. Um, Bob, because of Icopod's hiatus, we are going to miss the March 17th, 97 cage match in Syracuse between Sid and Bret Hart. That's right. Double team, America's Most Wanted. Whips Michael Shane out of the corner, comes back. Bulldog by Harris. This should not be this difficult to find. But it's turning to... Stalling suplex by Harris on Michael Shane. Listen, if someone else knows, please let us know. I'm hoping we know the answer before you hear this, but... Well, here, let's type in triple A. Well, here's the thing. Has, did triple A have a cage, like a six side from the beginning? Well, that's a good question, too. Because, like, I could just go. I don't know if it did. Oh, referee's distracted. Uh, Harris is being double teamed essentially. Kazarian's in the ring with him. Michael Shane just grabbed him. Kind of swinging neck breaker by Kazarian onto Harris. I'm assuming that this is what. I'm, yeah, all right. So let's go to results. And then as soon as I see a steel cage, if it's before July. Wait a minute, didn't... Got a little highlight of uh, the natural stealing shit again as we're coming back from commercial break. Okay, so... Triple Mania 2. What's the date? 1994. Okay. There was a cage match. Now, okay. Now, we have to is confirm... Is it six-sided? I have to confirm. I have to figure it out. We have to out. confirm. Because I don't know. I don't know the answer. I have no idea. There's a really good chance, actually. But. You know who would know? Who's that? Jordan. I bet you he would. You would know this. It's a long highlight package, guys. I really just want to get back to the match and finish off Impact. Oh, I don't know if it's a six-sided ring. Oh, shit. Well, we're back. We got four minutes, 11 seconds left in this match. It looks like it might be four-sided. Oh, wow. During the commercial break, Michael Shane uh, went off the ropes and came back to a leaping lariat by Chris Harris. Michael Shane, now we're back to live action. He's punching Harris in the corner. 
Didn't get a, he only got a couple in there before getting pushed off. Okay, so it's definitely a four sided ring in 1994. But so what? So TNA went six sided, what in like like June, like just like last month, right? June. Yeah. Okay, so if Jarrett took it, let's say I believe it was like in like oh three that he went there and he saw that. Yeah. So it's yeah, so it's it's already inaccurate because on February eighth, two thousand four, there was a ultimate Jeopardy steel cage match between two people. Okay, in tri- but triple Go go. Well, I want to know what that looks like. What do you mean? I have this weird vision in my head that it looks like the the Scott Steiner like, or is it uh, Rick Steiner like weird thing that goes in the middle of the ring? That like the asylum cage. I got a weird feeling about it, Bob. Uh, James Storm is clearing house right now uh, in the ring with Kazarian. So what? What am I looking? How it looks? Yeah, find that show and look up an image of that of that match. I mean, that's really no. You can do it. Well, Michael Shane got the it's like a house show. Man. It's like a house show. How oh, then it don't count. We don't have evidence. I need evidence. Right, Wrestling gonna... history. They would not lie to me, Bob. TNA does not lie. They may speak before things are, <laughs> you know, full fully happening, but they don't lie. Look at this double team move. Harris has Michael Shane up on his shoulders. Oh my God. That looked really fucking dangerous, but he hit it. It was a that swinging news neckbreaker. Um, that almost was really nasty for Michael Shane, but Harris did go down in time, so I won't knock it too much. That's four. Harris suplexing Kazarian in the ring, but no, he counters, goes behind, and that's a counter again. Harris behind gets an elbow to the face. Kazarian springboard. Oh, he gets caught. Looks like we might see catatonic. Oh shit! That was huge. Pretty devastating. Yeah, and because you're kind of folded up in that one, it's pretty nice. Michael Shane coming from behind. Nope, up and over by Harris. Couple elbows to the head. And oh no, he counters the catatonic. Oh, counters the super kick. Ducks the clothesline. Super kick. Oh, hit him right in the face. So Michael Shane just knocked him down, and we're advertising that six-sided steel cage match. We have one minute left. Holy shit. James Storm just took off Michael Shane's face, gets hit with a pump kick by Kazarian, dude. Everyone is down. We have less than a minute left in this match. This is potentially about to go to a decision by our judge, Dusty Rhodes. Another decision. Dallas, this is turning out to be quite... Difficult research. I know. I knew it would be. But I think, I mean... Is there images of, like, what I could see? Going for the wave of the future, but that's Black Storm. Oh, shit. Death sentence, potentially? We have 30 seconds left, so there's a chance they can still win. Wait, Tracy grabs Harris's leg. I guess we'll just have to say that it's accurate. Although, I think that pushed they're off. wrong. There's Michael no Shane way. Michael Shane just crotches him. Okay, we're going to a draw. Wait. Oh, my God. Nope. 
Kazarian went for the pin attempt. Okay, there's five seconds, so that's it. Spear goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. How convenient that it just happens to be. Uh, Dude, they did it perfectly timed. They did. That's a rarity for uh, TNA. Okay, so we got to go to Dusty Rhodes for the official decision. He's like, yeah, baby. He's going to give it to AMW. Give me a break. No, he's not. You never know. He is. They're cowboys. Cowboys stick together. Oh. We're awaiting the official ruling. Okay, we're still waiting. The winner of the match. America's most wanted. What a surprise. I'm so shocked. Oh, shit, the naturals. Triple X. X. Oh, that was a very um, quick cutaway. Triple X, it's like a video of them saying they're going to take back. How are they brawling in the ring and now they're cutting promos like that so quick? That's a good question. Vito, Michael Shane Kazarian, the new owners of the X Division. You're not filthy rich like like Goldilocks. (coughs) Future looks good. Sicilian Street Fight, Irish Pat Kenny. They showed the same brawling clip. (laughs) America's Most Wanted. Six-side cage match. You're going to be America's least needed. <laughs> what a ridiculous statement. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Least needed. Knock it out first, though. The New York Connection. Swinger, stop that. There are no mountains in the Serengeti. The house. Period. Jeff Hardy, Monty Brown, it's my world, my mountain, and neither one of you can survive. We're still talking. Nurkis was wanted now. I usually like these, but this is very long. It's like Pulp Fiction ECW stuff, yeah, folks. This is but I like it, and dude, we go off the air. Uh, I mean, that was a good show. If that felt that show felt like it went a longer, like it wasn't as quick of a watch, but I yes, still thought it was good. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of under the impression that um, I, I'm going to find it very hard to have a bad episode of Impact when it's 45 minutes and it's almost completely action. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Um, so I agree. I also liked it. However, I do think it was arguably the least exciting episode, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, because like we didn't have like that moment like, holy shit, Dusty Rhodes got hit with a Qatar. Holy shit, yeah. that X Division match was insane. Yeah. yeah, and I you think know, the la- I mean, there was a level of like lack of star power too, and maybe involved well, in like in the wrestling part. I think that's fair. That I mean, the the Shelly Roger Strong match. I mean, it was, yeah, good. was good. It was good. Yeah. However, who are these guys, right? Right, uh, at this Brown. time. Um, Alistair, Ralphs or whatever, uh, against Sabu was like super weird. Yeah, like the Alistair guy got an entrance, which was yeah. really weird. Well, so did Lex love it. So did Lex. Yeah, I love it. Um, so there's like some weird stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but hey, 
I mean, this was our seventh episode of Impact, which is actually kind of crazy to even say. Um, so if one out of seven is a little bit less exciting, but still a good show, I ain't going to complain about we've that. We've said it is every Impact we've given a thumbs up, right? Yes, we have. Yeah, okay. And I believe the last three pay-per-views have also gotten thumbs up from both of us. So we are doing pretty good right now uh, in that yeah. regard. Uh, but I'm extremely excited about our next episode, the pay-per-view that we're about to go into. It's loaded. We've talked about it about seven times during this show. The Cage alone, Jeff Hardy, hearing from Kid Cash again, uh, no disqualification, man. I mean, everything. A couple street, like, there's a street fight, no disqualification. I'm fucking ready, man. Yeah, they're all kind of like Dude, I don't care. I'm so excited for this show. More Monty Brown, Jeff Jarrett, potentially. Right. Uh, I think we're in for a treat, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I am as well, and... I was going to maybe say it uh, next week, but I'm going to tell you guys right now that next week's episode was a pay-per-view that I, in fact, did purchase uh, back in 2004. I've convinced my mother to buy it. And then you know what? I'll tell you my rationale next week as to why I wanted to watch that show. Yeah, I think that's going to be – that'll be really fun to talk about because yeah. uh, – and see what you remember from when you watched it as, as a young Bob. Yeah, so that should maybe be fun uh, to go back and relive it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the only way to get to next week is to wrap up this week's. So next week, we got the first ever six-sided steel cage match. Maybe we'll do uh, a deep dive uh, of research to really confirm that. But by all accounts... We got to try to. We have to. Yeah, it might be legitimate. So I don't know. Well, if I had a guess, though, they're probably lying. But we'll... In America, maybe it is. But I don't know about in wrestling in general. But we'll find out next week. Until then... For Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Kine Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast.